and welcome to The Coaching Podcast, coaching for success in sport and business. Your host is Emma Doyle, the energy and high performance under pressure coach who is a world leader in unleashing human potential. Buckle up for this high octane session. Let them have it, coach. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. My name is Emma Doyle, and I have the absolute honor and pleasure of interviewing somebody I haven't yet met in person. I hope to one day, but I, her name keeps coming up through the International Coach Federation chapter. The NSA will be talking about how they actually all got started, which is mainly because of Judy Sabre, the one and only. She's been coaching since 1994 and she's a master certified coach. Judy, this, your bio's got so much in it. I'll stop there and welcome you to the show. Thank you so much. It is just, it's a pleasure to know you and, and um, have this experience with you. I'm excited for what we're going to talk about. All right. So we'll get straight into it then, Judy. The first question I'm going to go with is anchovies on a pizza. You either love it or you strongly dislike it. What's your take with anchovies on a pizza? Uh, uh, anchovies on anything. No, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, if you've listened to the, to the show before, you know that because you answered that way, our follow-up question is, can you share with us a coaching moment that didn't go so well and what might be some of the lessons? You know, I, I don't remember any coaching moments that didn't go so well. And as we get into the other questions that you have about what makes a great coach, it's, it's because of who I am and the way that I show up on a coaching call, there, there are no moments like that. I've had a lot of very, very successful, uh, both short and long-term coaching relationships, anywhere from maybe one session. And I've had a number of clients that were with me for 10 years. So, you know, we, we've just done whatever they wanted to do. It's their agenda. And uh, I, I have two recent clients that I worked with that I'm thinking about right now who have taken what we, what we talked about and they're building their own coaching practices. I've, I've worked with many, many coaches over my 27 years of coaching. If, if something didn't go quite right, then I listened more deeply, I asked more questions, and we got into wherever we needed to go. Well, Judy, I must say that no one has ever answered that way on the podcast. I love it. I love the diversity of answers that we get, and I love that there's only learning. In every opportunity, there's only learning and deep, deep level listening. We're off to a great start already. What about on the flip side, Judy? Could you share with us some coaching at one, one moment or two moments that went really well and what might be some of the lessons? Uh, the one person I'm thinking of right now, he and I worked together for like two and a half years, I believe. And we, we've had just such a great connection that now we're planning on doing a book together. Now, I work best... Uh, 
with with clients of all ages, but uh, he happens to be just 33 years old, which is a little ways from where I am. <laughs> and and clients in their 30s and 40s uh, are, are are my best my best people. I, I get I just get along with them so well and so uh, you know I, I just think the connection that we create with our clients because what I say is when I'm with somebody, I become one with that person. That's how deep my presence is. And the more we can connect at a deep level, the more opportunities and possibilities there are. Does that does that answer anything of what you wanted oh, to know? Oh, 100 percent It does. It reminds us all of the importance of being present and just being completely with the person that we're coaching. I think that there's so many distractions these days. The, the phone might be on silent, but it vibrates and people are then off down a rabbit hole uh, as a coach or the coach E. So I, I love that. And I love how when you give your all that collaboration can happen. So uh, absolutely awesome answers. I feel so strongly about the ICF core coaching competencies. I live those competencies. And that's what I suggest for all people. It's, it's a waste of time and energy if a person only uses those competencies when they're coaching. Thomas Leonard, who's considered the father of coaching, when I first became involved in coaching, he was uh, operating a company called Coach U. He later sold it, and there's uh, it's under different ownership now. And he said, all coaching is, is a higher level of communication. And I said to myself, wouldn't I want to operate at the highest level of communication that I could? And so that's what I do. I'm, I'm the same way with you today, Emma, as I am with my clients. I am totally with you, uh, one with you. And that's what I highly recommend for anyone. If you're going to uh, be a coach, use those skills in every area of your life. Every relationship will improve. Fantastic. I think what we'll do is I'm in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to the 10 core competencies. The next question is the sliding doors question. I'd be happy to, Emma. And yes, I have had one or two <laughs> um, in my life and, and in my coaching career. And the one that I'm uh, dealing with right now is a health issue. And so what I want to encourage everyone to do is remember how important your health is. I, I've always remembered that. It wasn't that I disregarded it. And uh, the issue that I'm dealing with is the loss of my energy. Periodically, over the last 10 years, every year I've lost my energy for some period of time. And I'm really on a, a very... I've been looking for the answer all, all those 10 years and I haven't found it yet and I feel I'm getting closer. And so maybe 
you know, at some point when I when I get the answer, we could do another another session around that because uh, I, I believe that the two most important things that we can do for ourselves as coaches or human beings is our personal growth work and taking care of our health. Mm. Those are essential for a great life. Yeah, and I think as coaches, we are often giving, aren't we? We're giving, we're giving of our energy, we're giving of our deep level listening one-on-one. And so that self-care piece, it's a great, it's a great reminder. And it's so interesting because your energy, I know this is an audio podcast, but is radiating through the screen. I know everyone can't see you, but you're you got these beautiful pink glasses on and and your energy feels amazing. So uh I'm sure you're going to get to the bottom of it and and continue to because you know your energy. I guess what I'm saying too is it's not affected. Like right now, this conversation is is the energy is fantastic. So yes. and mm-hmm. as coaches, we have to do that too, don't we? When we're feeling flat or maybe we didn't get a great night's sleep, we have to be able to park that, don't we? Yes, and and my energy is never affected when I'm talking to somebody, it's Mm. amazing. It's Mm. never affected. How do you do that? I, I don't know. I just, I, I love being with people. I love being with you. This is, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now. Yeah. Fantastic. The next question is one of our favorites on the coaching podcast in one to a maximum of three words. Could you share with us what makes a great coach? Number one, as I've mentioned already, being totally and fully present. Number two, deep, deep, generous listening. And number three, asking insightful, powerful questions. Mm. I love how you've already expanded on each of those uh, in in your sentence, presence, listening, and questions. So, so important. Do you want to say anything more? You you can go rogue now if you want on those three qualities. Do you want to pick up on anything in those three? Uh, I'd like to tell you a short story, and I'll keep it short. When I was six years old, I was asleep in my bedroom upstairs when I heard commotion downstairs. My grandmother had been sick. I came, I was awakened. I came to the bottom of the stairs and I said, what's going on? And I was told, go back to bed. You don't need to know. What had happened, my grandmother had died. That incident shaped my entire life. That's why I am where I am today because I made up my mind that I didn't ever want to have somebody else feel the way I did. Listening is the greatest gift you can give anyone. And to listen, you've got to be present. You can't be thinking about what I'm going to do tonight after we get off this podcast. You have to be present. And to be a good listener, it takes asking questions to get more information or to clarify what was said. It is the greatest gift you can ever give. That is really, really powerful. And 
thank you for sharing that story. I really, really appreciate it. You once said to me that you have a deep reservoir of curiosity and questions. So the next question uh, is when you get a chance to meet other successful coaches and business entrepreneurs, of course, our audience is both in sport and business. What's that one question that sparks Judy's curiosity? I live these, these competencies, as we'll call them. So when I meet someone, I, I really let my intuition guide me in terms of what questions, you know, I am curious and, and it depends on who I'm meeting or, uh, you know, where, you know, like where they're from, like you're from Australia and it, those factors all play into it, but I would just listen and ask the questions that came to me intuitively. And I do have a very deep, I don't even know how deep it is, curiosity. Uh, I want to know about everything because I find people so very, very interesting. Mm. And we can make a lot more friends and get a lot more clients if we're interested rather than thinking we're the ones that are interesting. If we forget about ourselves and just be with the person and find out all about them, they will, they will walk away saying, oh, this person was so great because we focused our attention on that person. Yeah, someone said to me recently, uh, uh, a coach who I, I will have on the podcast, uh, Becky Magnota, she said, seek before you speak. So just acknowledging her there summarizes yeah. beautifully what you just said. And so on that note, I am now going to follow my intuition and continue to be deeply curious about your, your wisdom and uh, all your piece of, pieces of advice, uh, which I'm loving so far. Uh, so I'm going to go with a question that always fascinates me um, to be able to speak to someone like you is how, could you take us back to those early days of business coaching? And could you share with us, like, what did people think of coaching, business coaching, when you started in 1994? How was it viewed? How has it changed? And how do you see it today? Oh, one of my favorite questions. Thank you. Number one, when I started in 1994, September of 1994, there was only one coaching school, coach training school. If you Google now, uh, you'll find, I haven't done it recently, but you'll find well over 500 and probably even more than that. I don't have any idea. There were 112 people registered when I started the coach training. CTI was the second uh, school to, um, to follow uh, Coach U. And nobody knew what coaching was, Emma. In 1996, when I started the uh, Colorado chapter of the International Coach Federation, we would have meetings and people would say, what, what are you talking about coaching? They didn't know anything. 
I mean, really, it, it you know, if you figure 112 people, <laughs> when, when I started in 94, at that time, uh, everybody that became involved in a coach training class was referred by somebody. It was all word of mouth. In, in 96, Thomas Leonard was interviewed for a, a, an article and because he was determined to get the word out. And that's when things started happening uh, more on a global scale. Today, of course, we know that coaching is a worldwide profession. I just um, was looking at something from ICF this morning. I believe it said there are uh, 40,000 uh, credentialed coaches who have the ICF credential. And there are many, many more thousands, uh, some who haven't had any coach training. I mean, the, the word coach and coaching are so hot in the marketplace that people can be doing all sorts of things and calling themselves coaches when, when they're not. And that's something that concerns me because it's confusing ever, anyone who's considering getting a coach. So it, it's changed tremendously from people not knowing at all what it was to it being a global industry today. Yeah, uh, so true. And I love that it is a hot topic right now, and I hope it continues to be. So could you share with us how the, uh, the NSA, the National Speakers Association, the Colorado chapter, which is one of the most robust chapters in, in the country, and the International Coach Federation that I'm a member of, the, the Colorado chapter, that you know, you founded these organizations, Judy. You're a pioneer in, in Colorado. Everyone knows your name. So, I, again, I'm pinching myself at this opportunity to be here with you and be present. Could you share with us the story of how they got started? Absolutely. Uh, my former husband, Joe Saba, if anybody's from Denver, they will recognize Joe Saba and Judy Saba. He was doing a class at the time that we were married in 1981 called How to Speak for Fun and Profit. And as, as we, uh, when we got married, then we did that class together. And that's where a lot of our prospects came from when we decided to start a chapter. In the early 80s, uh, chapters in the National Speakers Association were, were not even on their radar. I believe there were three other chapters when we founded the Colorado chapter in 1982. So that was one thing that we had going in our favor. Another thing we had going in our favor, and this is a very important point I will ask our listeners to really pay attention to, Joe was in the life insurance business for a number of years prior to being involved in the speaking business. In the life insurance business, he was taught to build a database, put everybody's contact information into a database and, and really interact with those people frequently so they'll remember you. Uh, because if they need what you have, 
and you haven't been keeping in touch with them, they'll forget who you are and, and what you do. So because we have the database and, and all of the contacts from the Speak for Fun and Profit class, we were able to successfully start the chapter, which now is very, very highly thought of in all of NSA. And that same database, when in 1996, when Thomas Leonard sent out an email saying, I'd like someone in every city to start a chapter, that same database is what I used to start inviting people because how did I know who might be interested in coaching? Nobody even knew what it was. We had to gather them together so we could educate them and, and then maybe things would take off. I would say that the database is, is essential to building your business or whatever you want to do and then really caring about people. You know, really, um, again, using those skills we've talked about to find out how you can help them and really uh, care about what they want to know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And of course, uh, How to Speak for Fun and Profit is also a book. Oh, yes. Thank you for that. I, I mentioned that to you. Uh, yes, Joe wrote the book, How to Speak for Fun and Profit. It's available on Amazon. And for anyone just starting their business, it, it is essential. There are many um, international speakers here in our chapter who got started in the class and use the information that's in that book. So I would say it's a very good resource for anyone wanting to do more speaking. Well, I was just going to say as a speaker myself, when I'm speaking and there's fun within the audience, again, the energy of the crowd, uh, that's when it doesn't feel like you're working for money, but trading time for money. Uh, so on that note, what, what are your thoughts on how to help coaches become better at asking questions? How do we, you know, it's such a, a through line of this episode so far, but I know when people first start out in coaching, often they are good with people. They've got quite good people skills or they're a really good conversationalist. And so it's very easy for them to, to, to want to jump in the space and fix other people's problems, especially I come from a, a tennis coaching background. So, of course, we're, we're all about fixing someone's broken down forehand, for example. But why is it so important? And how can you share your wisdom of going about building that as a skill? What advice would you have around that? Well, number one, I'm, I'm in the process because of the, the uh, health challenges that I've had. I'm very behind schedule, but I'm in the process of writing a book entitled The Questions You're Not Asking Are Costing You Money, Relationships, and Maybe Even Your Life. And so I would encourage everyone, if you're going to tell somebody what you think they, quote, should do, I would encourage you to eliminate should from your vocabulary. Just take a moment right now and think of something where you would say should and change and feel how that feels in your body and change that to could because somebody could exercise more 
And it feels totally different because then you're giving the person the autonomy that we all need instead of the word should. So when you are getting ready to tell somebody what they could do, instead of telling them, just turn it around and say, Emma, have you ever considered, you know, with this exercise difficulty, I'm creating this example now, it's a fallacy, <laughs> but uh, with, the, with the exercise dilemma, have you ever considered anything like just going out for a walk in the morning or in anything like that? Is, is that something you've considered before? And, and even, you know, with your hands open, so you let the person tell you, if you'll start practicing with just that one thing, rather than telling somebody, at, turn it into a question. And, and that will begin your journey mm. of, of really making it a habit. It's a habit that most people have of telling rather than asking. 100%. And we, that's a great tip also for parents listening. Maybe you're a coach and maybe you're a parent. I know I've worked with a lot of parents over the years, but the minute that they get on top of that habit, Sometimes, yes, it does take longer, of course, especially when you're, you're rushing out the door and you, you want your, your little one to tie their shoes. But if you can create that into a game or by asking a question and, and I wonder what would happen if you could, great, great advice. Uh, not, not that easy, but I mean, thank you for sharing your early childhood story earlier, but I am curious about where your curiosity comes from. Like, were you always curious or was it, was it, was it taken away from you and then you got it back? Like, what's your journey around curiosity? You know, I have just always been a curious person and I'm so grateful. And I would, it, I, I don't know how I developed it, uh, but again, here's another encouragement to our listeners. Cultivate your curiosity if, if, you're, if you're interested in learning something about somebody, that will help you to really begin to cultivate it and, and create more of a, perhaps a curiosity culture within yourself. I, I can't remember when I wasn't curious and I, I wish I knew, you know, maybe I was just born that way. I, I don't know, but I'm so grateful for that. Uh, it, it's just a wonderful asset. And even, you know, with what I'm exploring now to help me with the energy challenge, uh, I was thinking about this just yesterday, how my curiosity and, and ability to ask questions has just really continued to lead me in, on this journey. And it, it just... It helps in every way uh, to better our lives. Mm, mm. You know, uh, just sharing something personal uh, that I'm doing next week. For the first time ever, uh, I've been home back to Australia in three years. So for the first time ever, I'm actually recording a conversation that I'm going to have with my dad. And 
you know, he just turned, well, he's turning 78 this year and has started to have a few health challenges, health opportunities. Uh, and I just realised, there was a part of me that realised, wow, he actually was the president of the Carl Jung Society and he studied psychology and counselling for 10 years but never, he's a scientist by his, his background's in science, so he never ended up going he did the the counseling and the the psych work for 10 years but he never ended up going down that path and now he's just started or not just for the probably the past few years been doing some courses in dream analysis and next week i'm just i'm going to record a conversation with him because i've never recorded and captured his wisdom so i'm really fascinated in ancestry and i'm fascinated in people's wisdom which brings me maybe to my question, because that, that was a freestyle thought around how excited I am to have this, because I'm so curious. Like he's got so much, so oh, much yes. stuff up there that I want to I want to start to capture it. And, uh, and of course, get back home in November, um, which I'm really excited about. But what are you, what are your thoughts on legacy? And if, if what would you want people to say about you as a coach? Well, Emma, I think they're already saying it. You I know, agree with that. That's why we're here, by the way. <laughs> I've chosen how I want to show up in the world. And I do that with every person that I interact with. I, I treat them with respect and, and listen and ask them questions and I'm supportive and all of those kind of things and and follow my guidance in terms of of the work that I feel I've been put here on earth to do. And I have a lot of work in front of me that I, I want to contribute to the world. There's uh, an interview that I just heard the other day of a gentleman by the name of Arthur Brooks. And he just wrote a new book called Strength to Strength. And he talked about that when we are young, we uh, have fluid intelligence. And that's what helps us to do all the things that we do and what you're doing now. And as we get older, he said that turns into crystallized intelligence. And he's this was so interesting because he and another gentleman by the name of Chip Conley, they um, are going to be traveling around the country, encouraging people in companies to hire older workers because they bring an entirely different intelligence to the game than young people do. And many times uh, older people are devalued. They're, they're not, uh, in, in some countries that's not true, but, um, but many times they're, they're thought of as, you know, throwaway, you know, you're older, you don't know anything, I'm young, you know, all that kind of thing. And it's just really important to, to realize and treasure and value 
like what you're doing with your dad. There's so much that he can give you. And, and I applaud you for what you're doing. But that, that might be something uh, you, some of our listeners might be interested in checking into. It was a wonderful, wonderful interview with the two of them. Mm-hmm. And, and just got me, I, I got totally energized by the end of the, the recording mm-hmm. that uh, one of my mastermind partners had sent to me. So I guess when I think about legacy, what comes to mind is a couple of years ago, I decided that my phrase for the year, I choose a phrase and or a word, and my phrase was to share my wisdom with the world. And that's what I, I choose to do now. And, and that's one of the opportunities you're giving me to choose my, to share my wisdom with the world. Because we have all of this life experience and knowledge and my goodness, all the work that I've done in, in my personal growth and with health and all that kind of thing, I want to share that to give my experience to other people so that they can benefit from it and, and use that in their own lives. I, I love it. And just to add to that a reading from your bio directly, Judy's philosophy for life is simply in everything there is a gift. So beautiful and so true. This conversation is is a true gift. I said earlier I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the core coaching competencies. Um, You're talking about the ones with the ICF will most likely be pretty unfamiliar to a lot of the sports coaches who listen to the podcast. So could you pick maybe uh, one or two of your favourite from the competencies? As I think about your question, Emma, what comes to mind is uh, having a coaching mindset, which might apply also to sports coaches, having a coaching mindset of really engaging with the client. And as I mentioned, you know, being totally present, really listening, uh, even, even if it's a sports coach and somebody is trying to improve their golf swing or something to really listen to where, where they're being challenged. You know, what happens when, when you get challenged and, and you, can't, you can't do what, you, what your mind says that you want to do? So having a coaching mindset, which is what I do my entire life, all the time, 24 hours a day, uh, whoever I'm with, I really subscribe to what Thomas Leonard said, coaching is a higher level of communication. Mm. And so the more that I can use my communication skills, the better I'm able to to carry on with whatever it is that I'm wanting to accomplish. Mm. So that's what came to me intuitively, Mm. having a coaching mindset. Uh, What it triggered also for me is I was recently reading the values of the company Uber and the top value is uh, bring the mindset of a champion. And then it's got a really nice little uh, mm. description of what that means, uh, mm. which is it's not how we 
behave on our uh, best days, it's how we respond on our worst days. And I think to do that in any job, because it, there's never, it's not every day is amazing sometimes, to be able to have the, the coaching mindset, the champion mindset, the high-performing mindset, I think comes, comes in so handy, doesn't it? Thank you for that. I, I really, I didn't know that. And I, I treasure that. Yes. So what about your values today as a coach? What, what do you value? Integrity, telling the truth, authenticity. Uh, you always get exactly where I am mm. all the time. When I think about integrity, uh, do what you promise you'll do. There are more and more people that I notice who say they're going to do something like uh, I'll call you tomorrow or something like that and do not follow through. Mm. And if we kind of put building a coaching practice and or starting an organization together, uh, I mentioned having a, a database and, and staying in touch with people um, offering to support them and whatever they need and follow up and follow through. So very, very important. Mm. If you're going to be in integrity mm. and if you, if you don't, you're, you're not in integrity. That's mm. not a value mm. that you might, you might talk it, but you're not walking it. And just on that note, why do you think these challenges exist? Are you seeing this in, in the younger generation or across all generations in terms of this, this lack of accountability sometimes? I have a lot of younger friends. And um, so I, I notice it quite a bit there. I'm not sure if it's more prevalent there or not. I can't remember as many instances of this as, um, as I do with, with people who are a little older. Younger people are, are more challenged by this. Mm -hmm. And what would be a great coaching question if, if that was one of your clients and they, they said, oh, yes, Judy, by the next session, I, I promise I, I'm going to do just even X, not Y and Z. Forget about Y and Z. And they don't do it. What Do you have a, a go-to question that you might ask? I have two questions that come to mind. Thank you. And I, I love that question you asked me. What is it that got in your way? What challenged you? What got in the way? Another really powerful question is if you had followed through with X, what else could be possible? Anytime that you can add what else could be possible, that, that is so much more powerful than saying, you wanted accountability from me as your coach, and you said you were going to do X, and you didn't. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't feel very supportive. Uh, if somebody said that to me, I'd say, you know, I think my phone's ringing <laughs> or something. I need a new coach. <laughs> so, you know, whatever you're going to say, put it in the form of a question. Mm. And remember that, you know, what, what other possibilities would be available if you 
had had chosen to go ahead with X. Mm, wonderful. And those questions even have triggered for me is the importance and the reminder of creating independent decisions and decision makers in the people who we coach. And because in my background in elite sport, that'll hold up just that little bit better under pressure. When we're in, in the workplace, when we can empower our team members, they're going to be able to hold up better under pressure and you're going to be able to have more energy as a leader to then move on to the next set of possibilities when you, when you empower your team. Such fantastic questions, Judy. I think questions could be the through line for this episode. I, I'm starting to now give not just giving the title of somebody's name. I like giving a little through line, but honestly, I'm not sure a higher level of communication, uh, deep, deep and generous listening. I'll, I'll find one out of the, the many gold nuggets that you've shared on the coaching podcast. I completely appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And I'm just full of gratitude that the fact that we live in the same state is an, is an honor and I can't wait to uh, buy you a coffee at your convenience or drink of your, your choice and just to hang out. So thank you, Judy, for being on the coaching podcast. Thank you so much, Emma. It's been definitely, we've been speaking for fun and profit. <laughs> we don't know what the profit is, but uh, definitely there was a lot of fun today. Not yet, but I'm sure like anything, it, it comes, doesn't it? The money comes when, you, when you're living your passion. So everybody go and work on your questioning skills. Enjoy that. And we'll put up the competencies there. I'll put up all of Judy's information where you can reach her. And, uh, and thank you everyone for listening. The Coaching Podcast is sponsored by Transition Coach for Athletes, a global coaching, mentoring and U.S. college sporting scholarship placement service. Visit www.transitioncoachforathletes.com. That's the number four. The Coaching Podcast is brought to you by your energy and high performance under pressure coach, Emma Doyle, www.emmadoyle.com.au or email her. Info at emmadoyle.com.au. The ball is in your court to take action and enjoy your coaching.